Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. And Stephen Pritchard with us today. Stephen, the US economy, uh, does that really affect, um, have a huge effect on our Australian, well, things like the um, stock market and the interest rates and things like that? Um, yeah, I mean, we're basically more and more the world economies are uh, interacting and interlocking, but, but what necessarily happens in the US doesn't necessarily happen here. Um, for, for the last couple of years, the US has been progressively putting down their interest rates and Australia hasn't been putting its, da- its rates down and that's one of the reasons why the Australian dollar's actually been going up because um, overseas investors have been putting money into Australia because of the perceived um, safe currency and the higher interest rates, or the stable currency. Now, as, as talk about the US rising interest rates, um, what you'll probably find is that flow of money will start to reverse and money will come out of Australia, which means the Australian dollar will fall, which is already happening for different reasons, mainly the lower commodity prices. Um, but you'd expect that as the US, in- interest, as US interest rates go up, um, investment money will flow from Australia into the US to seek a higher interest rate there. Mm. Mm, well, we won't look at interest rates just yet, but what about currencies and commodities? That's all related. How are they travelling at the moment? Um, um, interesting. Um, not much change on the week. Gold was down by 2.5%. Um, silver is basically the same as it was. And um, the, the industrial um, metals of uh, copper was up 6.6% and nickel was down point. Oh, half a percent and tin was down half a percent. So there's no real major change in those, I would have thought. I mean, you know, doesn't show a great increase in economic, economic activity. And if you look after the, the trend over the last five months, that, those, um, um, coppers up marginally over the last five months, but, um, the, the, the nickel, nickel, which is used in manufacturing of stainless steel, etc., it, it's actually down a considerable amount of money. So, um, I, I don't think there's any, signs we can read into that. Mm. Um, The US dollar was up marginally on the week. Oh, sorry, the Australian dollar against the US dollar was up marginally on the week by about um, just under 1%. And we're up against the Great British Crown and we're up against the UN as well. Um, And once again, it's not material amounts. Um, We've fallen... Uh, against the, the New Zealand dollar, which is the New Zealand dollar has recovered a bit after it fell last week because of the, the Chinese um, milk um, Fontara um, th- uh, terrorist threats about poisoning the milk, which was milk's one of the largest exports from um, New Zealand. Well, it was milk powder, wasn't it? Oh, it was baby formula, I think. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Baby formula that's exported to um, to uh, China, and someone threatened to. Put mix some pesticide yeah. in with it and mm. poison all the Chinese babies, which is a bit nasty, really. It's a very nasty, very threat, nasty yeah. threat. Yes, um, and uh, so that, that's probably why the, the, the New Zealand dollar is starting to recover a little bit. Um, and the, um, we were down against the euro marginally and the Canadian dollar. So, but really, overall, there's not there's no significant movements there. Now, what about oil? Oil? Well, the oil market was down 9% for the week. Um, that's the week's Texas Intermediate. But unfortunately, I know the next thing you're going to ask, has that flowed through to petrol prices? Because you've obviously that's been filling up the bowels off. That's where it affects us. Um, no. 
unfortunately. Um, well, not in Newcastle. In any case, I mean, the, the petrol price in Newcastle is approximately the same as last week. But in Sydney, it's, it was down by 2.5%. So in, this morning, it was uh, $1.33 a litre in Newcastle. And in Sydney, it's $1.25 a litre. So we're back up to an 8 or $0.09 cents a litre difference. Um, between Newcastle and Sydney fuel prices, which no one seems to be able to explain why that keeps occurring. And it's probably still not worth driving to Sydney to fill up with that sort of Oh, it's definitely not worth driving to Sydney to, to fill up. Um, and the diesel prices, um, all the diesel prices are up. Sydney, uh, Newcastle's diesel price a moment ago was a $1.32 a litre, which, which, um, is almost the same as the unleaded petrol price, and Sydney's diesel price was $1.27 a litre. Um, so once again, there's a $0.05 cents a litre difference, which, which, which doesn't seem to be able to be explained. Mm, yes. Given up trying, have we? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, um, I think we have. And perhaps we could get someone on from the NRMA one day to... What a good idea. To, to explain. They might be able to explain uh, The president's... Um, the president, I think... Cole Aids. Yes, yes. He's, he's a local. I'm sure we'll he's be able to get him. Yeah, we'll talk to him about it. Okay. And so the the equities market, um, 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 the Australian market was basically uh, up three quarters of a cent for the week. So, you know, no, nothing here nor there. Um, the, the, the Dow Jones, which is the US main market, was up two and a half percent. The US NASDAQ was up uh, 2.7. So the US market continues to go along. Um, the UK market was up 3% and the Nikkei was up 4% and the Hang Seng, which is a Hong Kong market, was up 1.6%. So overall, the, the equity markets around the world were all up. Um, Australia was lagging a bit, but we have had a good run um, since the beginning of the year. So you, you, know, you, just, you just can't keep expect going up forever. On 2 NURFM, 24 past 12. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. Stephen Pritchard, time for our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. Henry, how are things going Hi. this morning? Good, thanks, Stephen. How are you? Good, I'm good, Henry. Good, excellent. Well, the market certainly uh, exploded today, so um, so yeah, we're nearly uh, we're nearly back to that six thousand level again. Uh, and what's what stocks leading the charge? Let me guess. Oh, CBA. Prospects, banks, Telstra. Uh, we've also got BHP now chiming in a little bit as well. They're up uh, nearly two uh, percent today. But uh, the big driver in the market again is the. Uh, is the banking shares. We've got CBA up 1.5% today and Westpac up nearly 2%. Telstra's up uh, 1.5% as well. So it's the usual yield stocks. And um, surprisingly, we've even had some uh, oil stocks improve. So we've had Woodside doing well and Santos today as well. Oh, that's excellent. But the, the price of oil has actually fallen in the last week. So that's that's a bit surprising. Well, it, has, but it, did, it did rally last night. So... Right. Um, so it's, it's all about last night. It's not about last week. The last market week. is a very short-term focused sugar candy market, and we need our short-term sugar fix. And uh, last night we saw uh, the uh, the Fed give world markets that sugar fix that we all love. They're printing some more money. Uh, well, no, they're not printing more money. They're actually uh, uh, the the big worry is when they start to raise interest rates, 
um, and the uh, the common sort of belief was that the Fed would move sooner rather than later. But last night, the uh, the Fed chief Janet Yellen suggested that um, although they had removed the word patient from their um, their commentary on when they would move interest rates, uh, they certainly weren't in a big hurry. Would take it uh, pretty easy, and they also downgraded their growth and interest uh, and inflation numbers rather. For, uh, for the future, so that um, that gave the market heart that any rate rises will be in September rather than June, and they will be tiny and more of a signal uh, than anything else. Okay, okay. And what's happening with Fortescue seems to have a bit of trouble refinancing a bond issue. Well, it's not actually refinancing a bond issue. They don't have any refinancing issues until 2017. Um, Fortescue do, uh, they were trying to, um, to borrow another two and a half billion US better terms than the current issues they have out there. Um, and unfortunately, the market was such that um, they weren't able to get better terms, so they have pulled the issue. But they don't actually have any um, short-term money problems. Uh, they do have uh, some bond repayments coming up in 2017, which is a couple of years away. And one would hope uh, a, a higher iron ore price by then. But um, but it's certainly not a, not a good look when uh, you go to the market and the, the terms that investors were going to ask for in terms of the interest rate that there was going to be on the bond coupon uh, were such that uh, Fortescue felt that they they weren't uh, they weren't really um, going to go ahead with it. Uh, so they've pulled that. And yes. And then um, during the during the last the end of last week, Arden Leisure appointed a new uh, chief executive officer, and the uh, share price immediately fell 28%. Yeah, well, Ardent Leisure is a, is a group that runs a bunch of uh, health clubs, also run a bunch of um, of uh, bowling alleys and also uh, some of the uh, the theme parks. So they're, they're very much geared to uh, a brighter economy. This is all discretionary spending to some extent. So they have been uh, under a little bit of uh, the... Um, sort of the hammer uh, with, with that environment as it is, and they haven't been shooting the lights out, especially on their health club business, which seems to be um, starting to see some, you know, there's a lot of competition now in that space. Um, but they announced the shock sort of retirement of their CEO with uh, a lady, Deborah Thomas, was appointed to be CEO. The market seemed to hate that. Um, not really sure why. Um, she seems like a very competent woman, and she was on the board, so she does know the business. But the stock did drop from sort of... Uh, Two forty. Well, it actually has dropped from around two eighty to uh, to one ninety five, one ninety six at one stage. Has rallied back to two twenty as I think the market's done become more comfortable with uh, the new CEO. So it's just that the the, the market wasn't expecting that uh, such a quick change of CEO. You think and. The Oh, markets hate, hate shocks. We hate, sur- we hate, hate surprises. surprises. We don't like we don't like CEOs retiring, <laughs> resigning, or, or whatever, because there's always a there's always an issue that maybe the new CEO changes the direction of the company or announces big write-offs or uh, capital raising. So you know, there's always that saying of a new broom sweeps, etc. So uh, there's always a worry that that happens when a new CEO joins a company. Yes, and the other thing that's come out is the BHP demerger. There seems to be some details released on on that now 
Uh, there are. This is the uh, this is the divorce um, that BHP are putting in place. And as we, uh, as all of our, your listeners and uh, my friends and your friends, I'm sure will know that the only people that win in divorces are the uh, the advisors, and it seems to be that's the case with BHP. They uh, they're spending 732 million dollars on fees and accountancies and listing fees, etc., for this new demerged company, which is going to be called South 32. 32. Um, so BHP is basically divorcing. They're putting all the good assets into one company and all what are seen as somewhat um, uh, less sparkly assets um, into another company, which is called South 32. So that will consist of um, some of their more um, prosaic companies that do manganese and various other sort of things, whereas the iron ore and the... Um, and the oil business will remain in good BHP. So they will be splitting into two. Shareholders will be given uh, shares in South 32, as it's called. Um, and it looks like they're not saddling it with too much debt. Um, and if you're slightly bullish on uh, the long-term outlook for base metals especially, then South 32 could be a way to play it. There are some commentators that suggest that maybe they're setting it up for someone to actually buy the company, but uh, we shall wait and see when they list uh, later in the year. They're looking at uh, May, late May. Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners and Stephen Pritchard, our market snapshot at the moment with Henry Jennings. Uh, Henry, I think Jane had a question about um, which is the good BHP and which is the bad (laughs) BHP. Uh, yeah, I think I've got the same question. Yeah. Um, the uh, the good BHP is, uh, in theory, the one with the iron ore and, and coal and oil assets, and the bad BHP is the one that has things like manganese and the base metals and, and some of the coal assets and some of the stuff in South Africa. But, of course, that's all going to depend on the commodity prices in those two... <laughs> Well, they all just, they all depend on the commodity prices at the end of the day. Um, all, all these companies are highly, uh, highly geared to, uh, to commodity prices. And of course, the, the, uh, the shock absorber in all of that is the, the Aussie dollar as well. So hopefully as, uh, well, the theory is that as commodity prices go lower, so does the Aussie dollar. And that does sort of act as a bit of a cushion or a bit of a buffer to uh, resource company profits. <coughs> And I noticed now that uh, some commentators are now calling uh, BHP, Rio and Woodside as yield stocks, which uh, that's a new turnaround. They were previously seen as, uh, you know, growth stocks and didn't buy the big resource companies for yield, but uh, some people appear to be saying that's now changed. Well, you know, if, if you're giving away free money, as a lot of these central banks are, everything it becomes a yield stock. There's no, there's no yield anywhere else, so even with three and three and a half percent yields in BHP and things like that, and they become yield stocks. But certainly these resource companies have, uh, have worked out that to get their share prices higher, if they uh, pay dividends rather than reinvest back into the, uh, the company's projects, then they will get the share prices higher. That certainly worked well for the banks, certainly worked well for Telstra um, and various other um, high-yielding stocks. So the, so the resource stocks have um, jumped on the same bandwagon. Yeah, I think that's right. And the other big uh, share fall of the week was the share price of Certex fell as well by almost... That's one of your favourites, wasn't it, Stephen? It's one of my favourites, Henry. Yes, you yes, were yes, tipping, yes. tipping for great things. Well, it got up to almost $40 on Friday. And it got down to 15 on the other day. So, yeah. yes, they've, uh, 
they've uh, they've had a wild ride. The, the, the great thing about uh, biotech shares is they're very much a binary outcome sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you're uh, looking at uh, developing a drug which treats um, certain cancers and it doesn't actually have any uh, any effect on those cancers, then you're going to struggle, um, which is what happened to Certex. They've been running a long seven-year trial on whether this uh, the drug they use for liver cancer could actually help with other cancers, and it appears the answer was a very resounding no. Um, it's still quite effective for um, liver cancer, or at least extending uh, life in liver cancer uh, sufferers. So they still have a market, they still have sales, but certainly a lot of the sizzle and the upside that they were hoping for, which is why they got to 40 bucks, because yeah. everybody piled in hoping that they were in the miracle cure, uh, has left the building. Yeah, but the, the prices recovered. It was up early, low 20s this morning again. Well, I think there was a lot of guys that uh, took the money at 40 bucks and were quite happy to buy back in at uh, 15, 16, 17, 18. So, yeah. um, Including their largest you know, shareholder. Yeah, which is probably regretting the fact they didn't sell all its shares at 40 bucks. I'm sure. And then the other interesting thing is uh, UBS's comments on the sale of the power and poles business in New South Wales that came out yesterday and appears to have been edited today. Yeah, well, you know, let's, let's face it, if, if you're involved in the selling process of an asset and uh, you stand to benefit... By, um, by getting fees on the sale of that asset, whether it's poles, wires, whether it's uh, um, whatever it is, whether it's BHP, good or bad, um, you know, you're always going to make sure the report shows that it's um, it's good to sell that asset, aren't you? So that seems to be um, part of the problem here. I'm sure that's the case, Henry. I think it's called conflict of interest. Uh, now they've got Chinese walls in place. Yeah, well, we all know how thin Chinese walls are and how easy it is to just walk straight through them. Well, aren't walls in China made of paper? Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for that, Henry. Pleasure. Keep your ear to the ground, Henry, and we'll talk to you again next week on Thursday. Or to the or to the paper walls, Henry. (laughs) <laughs> um, yes, well, uh, luckily the uh, luckily the government will be able to listen with uh, with their metadata policy, so they won't even need to worry about uh, being in the room next door with the paper walls. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Henry Jennings, our market Thanks. snapshot. It is Thursday finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and. Uh, well, we would love to have your topic on this show. Give us a call if you've got a question on something to do with your personal investments, your taxation maybe as we get closer to the end of the financial year or on the stock market. And Stephen Pritchard, he'll have an answer for you. <laughs> I hope you'll like it too. And how do you do that? 49216216 is the number to ring to get your question through to us. So we said we were going to talk about a budget and we're not talking about the state budget at this uh, at this stage, Stephen Pritchard, but why? what's the purpose? Why do you need to prepare a budget? Well, we've previously spoken about um, how you can save some money and one of, the ways, one of the ways you can save some money is to pay yourself first by, by you know, before you actually spend any money, get your, your person who pays your weekly salary or wages or fortnight, pay 10% of your salary into a separate account. And then what you need to do then, need to, to work out what you're spending on, what's left. Most people don't actually know what they spend their money on. Now, that's an interesting thought because, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, they know that they go to the, you know, they pay the go rent the or the shop. home loan payments or they, 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 they go to, you know, buy the weekly groceries. Um, but most people, you know, 
where does the rest of the money go? And, and most people don't know. I mean, they, they go and have a they go and have a cappuccino, or they have two of those a day, and that's eight dollars a day, and that's forty dollars a week. Um, and people just don't realise how how all these little things can kind add of add up. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you go and have two cappuccinos a day and you buy lunch every day, you know that's a hundred dollars a you know, ten dollar lunch, which isn't extravagant. Um, yeah, you know, you're talking a hundred dollars a week, which is five thousand dollars a year. So one of the ways you, the first way you need to have a look at managing um, what you're spending and and saving additional money, if that's what you're looking to do to to buy a car or a house, a new house or a holiday or whatever, is to find out where your money is going to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So how many cappuccinos do you like, Jane? <laughs> well, yes. So, see what I mean? You know, and it's not a, you know. Yes, I'd have to think. I'd have to think about it and add it down. Right. So, is it a good idea to write it down as you do these things? Or? Well, it's getting easier because there's, there's actually, you know, in the old days you used to do it. Um, you still do it by um, pencil and paper. But there's, a, there's a number of apps you can get that, that will record your expenditure um, for free as you go. And you know, just do it for two weeks or so, and you'll be surprised how, how, to track where you're actually spending your money. I mean, you know, your petrol bill. Um, you, you, you know, the, the day-to-day things that don't seem much at the time will consume a large amount of your income. Mm, so $4 here, $15 there. Yes, even a newspaper, of course, I suppose, a couple the, of dollars there. A couple yeah. of dollars, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah, and a lot of people buy both Sunday newspapers mm-hmm. and, and, you know, probably two on Saturdays, um, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of magazines which are, you know, so the cost of keeping up with what's going on. All right. So okay. So yes. first of all, you need to. The first thing you need to do is is to record what you're actually spending, mm-hmm. um, and then you know make your family budget up. Um, you know you've got your your weekly food bill. Um, you've got your, um, your, your your rent or your home loan repayments, your council rates, your water rates, your electricity, um, all those type of things, and write them all down and have a look at where your where you're spending your money. That's the first step. And, and you know, then you can look at where your, your potential savings are. Ah, so, yes, that's it. So you can look at how much you've spent and how much you could get rid of. That's right. If you don't know where you're spending your money, um, you're behind the, behind the, um, the, the uh, cube, I suppose, before you start. Mm-hmm. Now, ASIC's actually got a website called moneyspark.gov.au, I suppose we moneysmart.gov.au Money yeah. and under the tools and resources they've actually got a little um, app which I understand you can also download onto your smartphone called Track My Spend and it's quite easy to use, you can put your, your, your spending in as you go um, and it lets you tell them, you know, there's got options as to whether you spend it weekly or monthly or fortnightly and, you know, just tick the little appropriate box and that will help you, for those who are tech savvy, um, to, to prepare your um, budget and keep track of your spending as you go. Okay, we might take another look at that in just a little while. And of course, we're very happy to take your question. 49216216 will get your question through to Stephen. Something about the stock market. 
if you've wondered about a particular aspect of the stock market, maybe about uh, your own investments, maybe about uh, taxation as well. And Stephen Pritchard will address that. 49216216. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partner. And uh, we're taking your calls. Greg has rung in from Fletcher with a question for Stephen Pritchard. Hello, Greg. Hi, Greg. Good, Greg. Good. Um, look, I've, I've got a couple of Telstra 2 shares. Um, I got sucked into uh, buying them back when the big hoo-ha was after the first one. I've only got 200, but I was thinking of selling them, and I don't know roughly what they're worth and where to, to take them. Okay, so, so what, what you need to do to sell them is you need to find a, a broker who's a member of an exchange to sell them. Um, and you basically you'll need to open an account with them. You'll need um, your um, holder statement. I'd say they're not broker sponsored, so you'll need a, the SRN number, which will be on the holder statement or on your dividend statement. And um, then you can sell them. Now you can tell the broker to either sell them at market price, which means the trade just gets executed at whatever price it is at that particular time, or you can put on a limit order. Um, for the price, which means that they won't get sold unless they get the price that you specify. Oh, okay. So there's any idea of what they're roughly worth at the moment? Um, I've just got someone looking the price up this minute for you. It's, uh, there's an awful lot of information online, isn't it? <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, we'll have the price in a minute. I, I think if you know where to look, it's probably a good idea, and you've rung the right people because they do know where to look. Um, yeah. So, so, but the the prices, uh, you know, Telstra changes minute to minute, day to day. Um, they yeah. have they have been going up today. I know that because of the um, people are searching for dividend yield. Um, but um, I'm not quite. Sure. <laughs> they need to do something about their broadband over here at the university. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So it looks as though that might be something we need to come we can, back we can, to. We can come back to you on that. But but if you've got a if you've got a um, you've got an internet connection at home. Yep. Okay. Just go on the ASX website, um, and there you can just specify the stock code, which in Telstra's case is TLS, and uh, that will give you the price with a 20 minute delay not a problem um, so that's pretty good then yeah because i've had them for a while and they they seem to do very little and they cost me more than, uh six dollars you know, less than what i cost me for them so it's probably time to sort of get rid uh, of them six six dollars 39 yeah that's the current think, price uh, uh, that's as it now yeah, I think we paid about eight or nine dollars for them originally. Yeah, that's probably uh, right. But you've had a you've yeah. had a reasonable dividend on the way through as well. Yeah, you, you, yeah you've you got better a, than back interest on the way through. So, so you know. Okay. So I no worries. Well, thank you very much. Okay, thanks very much for that, Greg. Now we're talking about budgets, um, Stephen. And um, and we've looked at uh, perhaps some of the uh, some of the ways we can keep an easy track on things. Ah, yes. So so you know, first of all, you need to keep track of what you're spending, so you know where you can look at. Um, as I said, a lot of people don't know what they're actually spending their money on. And then you need to look at what you want to save for. Now, 
there's a couple of ways you can go about this. I mean, you can just go down your budget. If you've got no general target, you can just work out what you're spending on and whether you can cut back on various things. I mean, as I was saying before, I mean, a, a cup of coffee in a magazine is costing you these days 700 A cup of coffee a week in a magazine a week is costing you about $750 a year. Um, so it's not that hard to, to extract $1,000 a year from savings from your budget. Now, there's two approaches to this. There's one way just to look at what you can save and then... Um, work out how much money you're going to end up. Or the other way, if you, if you need a specific amount that you want to save over a year, say for, you, you want $5,000, you know, to save at the end of the year to go on a, um, holiday, for example, to, uh, Fiji or, um, or England or the US or Disneyland or somewhere. Um, the way to look is that 5,000 a year is $100 a week. See what you can take out of your budget that's going to, um, save you $100 a week. And um, as my colleague here pointed out, there's all sorts of things that people don't look at, like um, your electricity and um, gas um, mm. companies. Um, various ones will give you up to a 10 or 12% discount just by changing suppliers. And then depending on um, how much is there, that's a couple of hundred dollars a, a year you can easily save without too much effort. So that's really what you're up to, just looking at all the specific things that you've um, saved or that you've spending on. Spending on, that's where you need to start and then look at where you can save money. And it's good if you've got a target of how much you want to save. But, yeah, you need to go through your expenses line by line. Um, and, and there's a number of ways you can save money. I mean, the other, the other thing is, uh, as Brett also pointed out, the other side is, is your income. Um, it's pretty hard to increase um, your salary and wages unless you can get some overtime. Or if you've got some money in the bank, um, be careful that it's just not left in an account that's paying you no interest. Um, a lot of the transaction accounts um, these days don't pay any interest and you actually have to move it across to a, a linked account or a term deposit. So plenty of ways to do that. Well, that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news.